0: This is a yelling podcast. From you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks. MXPX. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Um, John, we are liars. We are lying liars. (laughs) Sorry. Because we said we were going to do the Renaissance EP. But then I fucked up. (laughs) No, you didn't fuck up so much as something...
1: Incredible happened.
0: Incredible happened.
1: Moonheads, get ready.
0: Moonheads, (laughs) unite. Because on today's episode we have an interview with Bob Moon himself. That's right. When Mooney calls, you do
1: not go with your regularly scheduled plans. No. You got to put them aside.
0: Exactly. (laughs) You know, Mooney trumps all other plans.
1: (laughs) I I always say that.
0: (laughs) That's, this is, this is what we, what we live by. (laughs) So, um, coming up in a bit, we are, we'll have our conversation with MXPX, Producer, engineer, Bob Moon, mm-hmm. he produced, dare I say, well, I say it in the interview. Yeah. That, our favorite. Our favorite MXPX record, Teenage yep. Politics. Yep. and As well as a ton of other great bands and, and records. Yeah. Starfly 59, OC Supertones, Ninety Pound Wuss. We'll get into it. Yep. W- stop pressuring <laughs> us. We will talk to Bob Moon. Yeah. Just hold, just hold on. Hold on. Okay? Um, but... What we need to do first is go to some voicemails. Ooh. John, we got some voicemails from our voicemail line. Mm. And what is
1: that a voicemail number again?
0: That is a number that I <laughs> I don't. Neither of us know. <laughs> let me, um, yeah, let me figure that shit out. Um, Sorry, <laughs> you put me on the spot. That number is eight seven two seven six two four seven six three, or eight seven two seven 7 magpod. Boom. Leave any of your comments, thoughts, feedback um or you know just call to tell us we blow, <laughs> which that, may have happened. That's may have happened. So, John, let's let's go to let's go to the first voicemail here.
2: Y'all blow. <laughs>
0: There it is, the um, infamous y'all blow email or voicemail rather, mm-hmm. which we found out was from from podcast listener Daniel Sterrett. Mm.
1: Spilling the beans.
0: Spilling the beans, but here's You're the thing, caught, buddy. <laughs> Busted. Um, but he ended up. Di- he followed it up with a um, another voicemail. You uh, better. <laughs> talking about the um about uh the on the cover two record. Nice. But before we get to that, we need to read the email uh ah. that Daniel sent us because oh, yeah. um, we we don't want to get in any hot water with him again. Yeah, his lawyers are his la- <laughs> yeah. we we are we might have a lawsuit on our hands yep. um gentlemen i've continued to conduct research on this issue um this is the issue being the issue being whether or not small town small town mine's first class mail is one song uh-huh. he said unsurprisingly there is not a lot of information on the subject so far i've found the attached information from www.jesusfreakhideout.com, the source you actually referenced on the pod, which contradicts your (laughs) contention that these count as one song. I will continue to review the issue, but I suggest that you cease referring to this as one song for rating purposes. Thank you for your prompt attention to this matter. I look forward to working with you to resolve this issue. In the meantime, I remain very truly yours, (laughs) Daniel Aster, Esquire.
1: He's his own (laughs)
0: <laughs> he is his own lawyer yes <laughs> um so yes com does say it's technically two songs but small town minds flows so seamlessly into first class mail um hmm. so
1: evidence on both both sides here i think
0: yeah well i'm just going to go with the fact that uh our review and um our rating stands yeah and
1: i'm an originalist when it comes to this matter yeah
0: this is yeah um, <laughs> yeah we're i'm a i'm a mxpx literalist uh-huh. <laughs> so much like some people are um biblical inerrantists and mm-hmm. literalists yeah i look at the back of an mxpx seven inch yep i see that's the word small town minds mm-hmm. slash first class mail. yep sorry daniel you know <laughs> see sick, you in court <laughs> see you in court you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so, but with that in mind um, Let's go to This is the Daniel show Let's go to um, Daniel's email Regarding on the cover Dose
2: Hey guys, just called my follow up to the On the cover uh, Episode, I'm stuck in traffic and I didn't feel like typing all this out So, um, First of all, I'll start off uh, I probably like these two albums A little more than you guys did um, But that's alright, you know and, um, a lot of these songs was my first exposure to them with the sheltered, uh, super strict upbringing. So uh, I didn't get exposed. like I hadn't even heard of, like "So much. uh before I was sick. That's how little my parents exposed me to anything. So anyhow, um, you talk about being you know kind of maybe hypocritical about some things throughout, but I think all that really highlights in, in my mind is just that... I don't know, know. unspeakable factor in in any kind of song. Uh, Sometimes you can't really say, put your finger on what made this one better than the other one. Uh, There's just something about it. And so in some songs you want it to be exactly, you know, a a good replica of the original, and sometimes you want them to do something new and make it their own. And and so I think that uh, that's, that's really the difference you're looking at there is that some songs just, you know, they need to do. Like, you, you got your Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. It sounds almost like it with just enough variation, but then you got other songs where they make huge changes and it works really well. So don't beat yourself up over being hypocrites on this one. Uh, I think you guys did a good analysis, and I, I think you guys hit on. Uh, did a pretty good job of, of picking which ones I also thought were the winners and which ones I thought were. Not necessarily losers, because I don't think there's any that were too big a losers on, on these albums. Um, but which ones were the, the gold stars and which ones were the, uh, yeah, if I never heard that again, all uh, I'll survive. So, uh, and then you make the job guys.
0: Talk to you later. So getting a little bit of grace. Yeah. Um, that maybe we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much. Sure. Because I do think we went back and forth a little bit. We're like, yeah. is this a good, song to cover or not yeah.
1: or i felt like i never d- developed a solid rationale behind no no <laughs> me neither but i yeah. appreciate his thoughts and uh yeah thanks for weighing in daniel
0: yeah and speaking of daniels um daniel leary from mxpx memes um vehemently disagreed with us oh. on our take oh no on should i stay or should i go he's into it he's into it he said any other song would go before that one would go for him
1: fascinating
0: so for us it was sort of like this feels like maybe sort of a warm-up song yeah and maybe not album material his argument it was the most punk rock thing on 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 the cover too sure sure
1: so um
0: i don't know but we're both pretty lukewarm on it we'd rather see it live than have it on an album
1: yeah i saw he preemptively gave his top three before we even asked yeah so. I, mean, so. I think it's a little presumptuous <laughs> to begin with but yeah, i yeah. glad to hear his arguments yeah
0: you know so just in the future daniel you can keep your top three until we ask for them okay yes <laughs> we're get, you know as we as the episodes go on we, we start getting a little bit feisty yeah <laughs> <laughs> And uh, also, for the record, Daniel Starett, you're not a son of a bitch. I I, ret- <laughs> I retract my my comment. It's all in good fun. Um, okay, so our last voicemail comes from a girl, Jen Mandigo. Ah. Hi, Andrew and John. This is Jen Mandigo. Um, I appreciate
3: you calling me out. Expecting that I would have written. <laughs> some really good mxpx fan fiction but i have not so i'm looking forward to you guys i think that
0: title you came up with under the covers with mxpx would work you guys could work on that
3: one together maybe when you run out of more content for the podcast um in terms of on the cover uh cds at the end you talked about some other cover songs that they've done that weren't on either album but you didn't talk about one of my favorite ones which is the no Action. Elvis Costello cover mm-hmm. um, you compare them a lot to Elvis Costello and Mike's emo Elvis Costello phase so that's an opportunity to listen to him sing an actual Elvis
0: Costello song all right that's all I have to say enjoy the podcast bye awesome so um Jen we will jump right on that
1: we'll jump right under the covers right under
0: the covers to get that fanfic going
1: i mean i feel like challenge accepted yeah let's see what i cook up
0: no i i will 100 percent have pages for, for our next pod oh i can't wait no i'm gonna i'm gonna write something i'm gonna write something steamy
1: yeah Hey we we've got the E rating for a
0: reason. <laughs> yeah. It's the E rating is not so much for language as it is sexual <laughs> content. content
1: unlike the <laughs> blink 155 pod.
0: Yeah. Yeah, blink 155 consider yourselves called out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just cuz somebody else mentioned that on
0: Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they well, well first they they called, they called, uh, well, it was, well then fuck them. <laughs> yes. This is, this is the episode where John and I turn a corner and we start getting really pissed off.
1: Yep. Do they have a voicemail line? Cause yes. I got some thoughts.
0: Yeah. I got some thoughts. Where are you at? Where's um, your voicemail line? Blink one fifty five.
1: That's awesome though, Jen. Thanks. I am not aware of that cover. Uh, the internet says it's on maybe before you were punk too.
0: Yeah, you know, um I forget who I was talking to. I think also mentioned that um that covered to me um so we we will We dropped the ball there. Yeah, we did. Um but it, I think it was also stare who mentioned to me that there was a um was it Barbie girl that MXPX covered? Oh, that does
1: sound familiar. Yeah. There mentioning yeah
0: it. so that that that's another song right. that we we didn't perhaps, throw on there perhaps so, we'll
1: play a couple covers at some point yeah that we didn't get to
0: yeah if we want
1: <laughs> maybe just for ourselves yeah <laughs> i do really want to hear that no action
0: cover now yeah i mean what do we want to like i can just like <laughs> sorry is that find it all right <laughs> All right, Jen, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and play yes. No Action because it sounds super dope. We hadn't mm-hmm. heard it before, no, but we great. just looked it up. We found it, and it's dope as hell. So here it is.
3: I don't want to kiss you. I don't want to touch you.
1: This falls solidly under different enough that I can enjoy oh, it. Oh yeah, it's a perfect fit for them.
0: Yeah, it it's perfect for Mike's register. Yeah. It's perfect for his his style. I think the emphasis of the bass. Yeah, it sounds good. And it's a perfect song yep. for covering. Yep.
1: So great. This is from Before You Were Punk 2, which I feel like I had. Maybe I just had blocked this out. But it's also got Suicide Machines, What I Like About You, um, Bouncing Souls, Don't You Forget About Me, tons of good stuff. Strung out,
0: Every Breath You Take.
1: Um,
0: See, Every Breath You Take, that's a a song (laughs) that I feel like has been covered to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think... Some Elvis Costello, especially from this year's model, just perfect.
1: Yeah, this, it came out in 99, which would have meant... Oh, really? This came out in 99? Yeah, right when they were recording or about to record every passing moment, which makes makes total sense. That makes
0: total sense. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jen. Thank you for um, telling us about that major error. Yeah. Um, We blew it. We will try harder next time. Yeah. We'll, uh, um, we'll listen to Barbie Girl on our own time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I need that back I, in my life necessarily. I don't, I don't need. I don't think anybody needs that back in their in our. On Barbie life. Girl. Oh, shout
1: out to Sierra who <laughs> is a listener and does not want us to. <laughs> sing is that how you say your name yeah (laughs) it's sierra and uh, i'm gonna sing as much as i want yeah we we will (laughs) always sing she does not want us to sing quite as much as we're singing
0: no it's i don't i don't care no one's gonna no one's gonna put andrew in a corner (laughs) and tell me when i can and can't sing do not
1: tell him (laughs) when he can and cannot sing on the pod (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: John Rubin, did John you just walk in? Walked into Magnified Pod Studios, Studios West. Um, Rubin, you got to get on the mic. Uh, here's the th- here's the thing about John Rubin. I just looked him up the other day. Uh-huh. He uh, he released an album um, not that long ago. He released mm. an album last year. Wow, still he's doing it.
1: Rubanic. Rubonic. Good title.
0: Yeah, he's he's been. He's been releasing records, so... Let's get him on the pod. Let's get him on... <laughs> He's... John Rubin is definitely in the wheelhouse of what we talk about. I mean, <laughs> so... Yeah. If, if... I don't know. Maybe... Does John Rubin have an MXPX cover? He needs... It's he should... Research. He should rap over, like, Ooh, Chick Magnet, the baseline. You're thinking. Yeah. John, uh, hit me up. Hit, <laughs> slide into our DMs. I yep. got some... <laughs> I got some beat ideas yes. to, to throw your way. <laughs> Um, John, but before we get to the the Bob Moon uh, interview, mm-hmm. we have some MXPX news, and that is that the vinyl has started shipping as of the recording of this episode. Um, I've I see I saw confirmation that as of two days ago the vinyl has started shipping. All right. Not so, here yet though. Not here yet. So but the fact that it started shipping doesn't necessarily mean um, doesn't necessarily mean that all of it is going to shipped yesterday or 2 right. days ago. Yeah. But that means that people are going to start rec- receiving their vinyl. I don't know, maybe by Friday, mm. maybe some people will get it this week depending on where they live. But we um we are going to hold off yep. on talking about it until until we absolutely get the vinyl, we can go over it, we can Stand do another to
1: the eyes of the Poca Punk plush as we're talking. <laughs> oh
0: god. I've been I it's it still feels so unfair that people have had the plush punk for months months. Yeah. And I I've been longing <laughs> from afar. <laughs> But it will, it will happen. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I'm texting currently with, um. Mike? No, with Mike. No. Oh. With a. He's like, do you hear my Barbie girl <laughs> cover? <laughs> I'm he's Barbie girl. <laughs> he's, he, he's, in, he's been very insistent yeah. that we, that we <laughs> include that on. He's like, before you get to the new record. I, I got a song for if you? I got a song for you? He's like, do you want me to, like, come on the pod? I can, like, do an a cappella version. We're like,
1: no, dude. We're yeah, Yuri. Yuri,
0: Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike, you got bumped. <laughs> who are you texting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason Hockney Zimet, ah, The dude. We're, yeah. For those who aren't familiar with Jason Hockney zymet you should go back and listen to mm-hmm. our interview. He's the dude who helped put all of this vinyl packaging together. Yep. The physical media guy, he he knows he knows what's up. So, um yeah, he he was asking me if we got just the regular black vinyl or the the like collectors oh, right. or like yeah. the
1: You got regular, right? I just got
0: the regular cuz I'm mm. a fucking
1: idiot. I mean, can we please have the other one? <laughs> all the work we've done on behalf
0: of MXPS. oh my god Come on john guys. so here but here's no some no wine other. no records john the wine has shipped yeah it's not free though <laughs> <laughs> john doesn't give a shit unless it's free yeah um give it's me that swag it's coming in on it's coming in friday okay so maybe you know we should do uh, the next episode we'll mm-hmm. do the the renaissance ep mm-hmm. And we can do the the wine, maybe with the with the Renaissance.
1: Yeah, wine Talk, and Renaissance.
0: Or wine Renaissance. It seems we can drink out of some goblets. Yeah, that sounds or, great. Or you know we can, I don't know what what did they what did they do in in the mm, Renaissance in the get
1: some still life paintings. <laughs> we can no we
0: can take pictures next
1: to a bowl of fruit. Yeah, lounge
0: just lounge in maybe draped in a sheet
1: yeah <laughs> per <laughs> use
0: <laughs> that's i mean that's that's kind of how i sleep right i i sleep lying on my side with just with a sheet barely covering my nips save it for the fanfic <laughs> all right am i including myself in the fanfic i mean i always like to yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have other fanfic that you not m x p x related fanfic uh well, you know that's for a future pod okay
1: save it for a very special app
0: be- very special <laughs> i mean the f- the f- the only fanfic that i wrote i guess would probably be considered fan fiction now wouldn't need be considered fan fiction I'm so curious no, I was just thinking about my Harry Potter record, but that's oh. that's oh. not even. That's it's not so a, much fanfic as it is adjacent fan, additional fan, content. Yeah, it's it's con it's <laughs> fan content adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think we have um, sufficiently wasted <laughs> everybody's time everybody's before time. the main thing, as usual. Um, so, um, without further ado, yeah. let's uh,
1: big day at Magnified
0: Pod. Yeah, Studios. this is this uh, this is a big day. Yep. So, everybody, everybody, put on. Put on your adult diapers. going
1: <laughs> okay, your on your your moon heads, your moon hats. Your moon your moon helmets. Your adult oh boy,
0: <laughs> this is this has gone off the rails. Yes. So, all right, um, we're gonna let's get Bob Moon on the line and um, talk to that guy. <laughs> let's Do it. I, I swear, I, I I have I have a better introduction prepared. <laughs> <laughs> then let's, let's, I swear, I have not been drinking whiskey. This is, I'm just, I'm not, yes, I'm so not, ye- I'm, not control. I'm not yelling. I, I guess I, Bob, I, Bob you're not listening. <laughs> you're not listening. <laughs> hey, hey, Bob, focus, <laughs> focus, focus, Bob. Mooney. Mooney, got some questions. <laughs> let's look me in the eyes, Stared deeply. All right. I'll shut up. Let's. Bob Moon, coming up. Uh, Today on Magnified Pod, John, we are thrilled to be talking with Bob Moon. You know Bob from his work as an audio engineer and producer with bands such as Starflyer 59, the OC Supertones, Joy Electric, 90 Pound Wuss, Daniel Amos, and of course, mxpx and he is responsible for helping create one of the single most important albums in our lives and that is teenage politics so (laughs) with that we are happy to welcome bob moon to magnified pod hey there bob thank you so much for making the time to talk with us today
3: oh you're welcome my pleasure
0: so we have a lot of questions but (laughs) (laughs) Um, first out the gate, um, we have brought you up in, um, many, many episodes, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) more, more recently we've brought you up since we've done the past two episodes we've done have been let it happen and on the cover to Mm -hmm. two albums that your, the songs that you had worked with the band on. And, you know, teenage politics we did a long time ago, um, early on in the in the pod, since we've been going chronologically.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
0: um, so one of the things that we have um, spent a lot of time on the pod talking about is um, growing up in the church, the Christian music scene, the Christian bookstore scene, and So I think a good place to maybe begin was, how did you get connected with the Christian music scene?
3: Um, That was through, I guess you would call him my brother-in-law, my brother's now wife's brother. Okay. Uh, Was, uh, or is, Andre Walton. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He had a uh, skate ministry. He was a pro skater. Okay. Uh, he had a rise skates, um, and I started hanging out with him and he had, um, you know, he was doing demos all the time and stuff and he would have like SFC and freedom of soul and, uh, the dynamic twins perform it, his, uh, uh, skate demos. And so I got hooked up with them. And that's where I, I, I you know, was involved in some uh, pre-production with SFC and Dynamic Twins. Uh, and that's really sort of my intro into it. Through through that, I uh, met Gene Eugene while uh, um, he was recording an SFC album. Uh, which one was it? Uh, I think it was Save Man in the Jungle. Okay. And he was burnt out and I was finishing up uh engineering school uh, audio engineering school and uh gene called me out blue and because chris uh had mentioned my name and I ended up working on that record a little bit just uh sort of as a tape operator okay um so that that's my intro into music uh or the the scene anyways <laughs> <laughs> was definitely all through my my brother in law andre
1: so how did you then? begin working as a producer did you just kind of fall into that or was it something you wanted to do
3: um well i always uh it's kind of funny when i started engineering or decided that's what i want to do but like my number one goal was to work with the crucified uh okay that was like i love the crucified and that's what i want to do uh two weeks before I graduated right around the time of doing the SFC thing. Um, I ended up being the assistant engineer on, uh, Applehead, okay. uh, which was Greg Manier's solo, uh, record from, uh, you know, guitar player for crucified. So right out of the gate, I was working with him and, uh, you know, throughout the years I ended up working with all the members individually. I worked a little bit with chatterbox a little bit, but you know, did the original Stavesacre demos and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, it just kind of evolved and, and then the, I don't know if I'm kind of jumping around, but, uh, the way I got in with tooth and nail was through Starflyer when, right. uh, you know, the, the Martin brothers lived around the corner from me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I had met them through going to church and just, you know the music scene and stuff like that and uh you know we did all the original uh what was Starflyer 2000 at the time <laughs> uh did all those original demos at my house
0: so um were you in any bands yourself or were you just sort of like <laughs> or did you are you, were you had, just straight <laughs> production side
3: no i actually played i, I i'm horrible i, I was i Keyboards, and that's actually how I got into a lot of the pre-production with SFC and stuff. They wanted to come over to my house because I had a little four-track recorder. I had uh, like a Roland D-50 and a big Roland RD-1000, and, and then uh, I think I had in N-Sonic EPS sampler. Um, so, you know, we did, and I had like an old Atari 1024, I think, running Cubase when nice. it was only MIDI at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that. That's how I got in with those guys. But I was in a band uh called Willing Vessel, uh okay. with uh Todd Stevens, XL. Mm-hmm. XL DBD. I don't know if you're familiar with that. there. uh that mm-hmm. was uh artist. Look up that album, it's actually really good. It's got like members of Crucified and SFC, a bunch of different guys that he put out an album on Brainstorm. Okay. Um but uh He's actually just recently over the last few years he's uh hit me up from time to time to get our my old four tracks of our band. He's got a four track he wants to remix all that stuff. So one of these days I'll send that out to him. He lives out in Iowa now. So oh, nice. <laughs> Awesome.
0: So you you mentioned when uh finishing up school and from what I was researching um some will say researching some say stalking I um <laughs> looked looked at your LinkedIn and saw that you went to Grove School of Music was that what what you were referring to when you yeah. sang finishing up school?
3: Yes. Yeah that was out in Van Nuys the Dick Dick Grove School Dick of Grove. Music. Yeah. Yeah so and it that, actually Yeah uh, closed uh, down
0: the year that you finished right?
3: Yeah a semester after I finished. In fact on uh One of the breaks we took, uh, we were being told, if you uh, come back from break and there's chains on the door, we're closed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which was a shame. It was a great school. It was a really, you know, just sort of grassroots school. A lot of uh, European uh, students there and stuff. And uh, had a decent recording program for the time. Uh, You know, at that time, it was still all analog. I I remember seeing the first ad for uh, ADATS when... I was going to school there hmm. and, you know, that's pretty much all I worked with in, at my studio at Moonsong Great. was all at. So,
1: okay. So then yeah. um, as far as getting involved with MXPX, was that something that you had wanted to do? I mean, was it kind of after Poconaccia broke out that you got involved with them or how did that well, process work?
2: I,
3: I was aware of Poconaccia and, and, you know, heard it a few times. Um I mean the beginning of Tooth and Nail was just a uh I mean it was a whirlwind of <laughs> just I, I think I was some in one way or another involved in I think twenty-four the first fifty-four releases of Tooth and Nail. Wow. wow. Um so I was actually recording the or mixing the Gold album, the Starflyer Gold Starflyer. album. Mm-hmm and brandon we were we mixed that at the green room um we tracked and mixed there um and brandon came in at like i don't know three or four o'clock one day and said hey do you want to uh he said sprinkle just backed out of uh do the next mxpx you want to do it i'm like yeah i'd love to do it and uh i go i just gotta finish mixing these three songs and he goes uh no you gotta you gotta go first thing in the morning. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow. So so uh, and
0: what? So the sprinkle Cold album. Sprinkle backed out like that day, and then or in I don't I I,
3: so, I don't know the exact details. So long ago now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and you know. Teenage Politics was recorded during their spring break. I think they were still 15 and 16 at that time. That's amazing. (laughs) And and so it was very much, it had to be, you know, done within a a time constraint of their spring break. So, um, yeah. So I said, okay, uh, let, let me see if I can work this out. I called my wife at the time and, and, uh, She was cool with it, and she actually, you know, I live out in Riverside, like, I don't know, 45 minutes away from Huntington Beach, where the green room was. Uh, She drove down, brought me a bag, um, clothes, had dinner when my daughter was real young. Um, And uh, I I talked to Gene Eugene. He ended up doing the last three songs on the Gold album Mm -hmm. so I could go. And that sort of uh, sealed the deal for gene working with starflyer from that point on (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) which was no go ahead what's that oh so okay so um long story long uh brandon had booked a flight for me uh 6 a.m uh the next morning so i i finished what i could with starflyer i slept at the studio he picked me up got me to the airport i flew actually into portland Hmm. Um, where my parents were living in uh, Camas, Washington, right, right near there at the time, they picked me up. I drove their Bronco up to Seattle. Wow! Uh, and I think I got there around noon and met the guys and just instantly kicked into setting up and getting going. And I pretty sure we had like two songs, like basically done by four o'clock. Wow! okay (laughs) so um they were
0: a young band young dudes um what do you if you don't mind me asking what what's the what's the age difference between you and the guys
3: at at that time it felt kind of big but I, i it's only i think i was 22 at the time oh my god yeah that's that is not
0: much of a difference. Yeah. Not so, much
3: at all. I mean, I was I was young myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: that's unbelievable. So, yeah. what was it? What was it like? Because I mean, you had a little, you had some experience, a little bit of experience under your belt. But what was it like? Because um, they were so new. Did they? How did they seem walking into, you know, recording their their sophomore record?
3: You yeah, know, I. I, I I don't remember anything being weird. It just felt, uh, far from what I can remember, it just felt natural. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I remember Yuri just always being super funny. (laughs) Um, And and we had a blast the whole time. It was always just real fun. Um, That's cool. I think that first night, we actually went to Mike's house. I met his mom. Nice. Um, she was super cool. She was like talking about the new PJ Harvey album coming out and stuff nice. like that. <laughs> it's just really cool. Like, um, But yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, again, it's so long ago. I don't remember, sure. you know, a lot of details, but uh, I mean, we just went right into it and didn't back down, <laughs> just busted it out. I mean, we did the album, which I think is what 19 tracks or is it more yeah. than that? I think 19 I, with I the hidden track, 19
0: yeah. with Dolores 19 with a
3: hidden track. Uh, yeah. yeah. With Dolores. And then I think we did like four or five songs beyond that, okay. which ended so, some of
0: which I think would end up on let it, let it, it, it happen.
3: happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we did that all in seven days. So. Seven days. is <laughs> impressive. That is amazing.
0: That's punk rock. That is punk. Yeah. That is punk as hell, Bob.
3: I, I might've, <laughs> done a couple extra days of mixing but if i did it wasn't much it was you know hmm. but they had to be done with that in that seven days so they had to go back to school the, the right. following monday
1: <laughs> as you do um right. so the, i mean their sound changed a lot from poca to teenage politics was that planned by the band by you i mean was it intentional or did it was just kind of like a step up from where they were at before
0: because you were more than just an engineer you were sort of like you were, you were it, you were the probably you were as far as what I can see, the guiding, you know, they had the songs and you, this was the project that you were given essentially.
3: Yeah. I mean, it just, like I said, everything's such a, it happened so quickly. I mean, the gold album, we had been working, I think six weeks on straight and we were pretty much living in the studio and, and working around the clock and, Um, so I mean, just everything was happening like that, you know, Uh there was no rest or I I didn't have much time to think about, you know, oh, I'm producing this or, you know, I was just doing, (laughs) doing whatever came next, you know? So, um, and as far as the production, you know, we just went in there, we got sounds and got going and, and, um, uh, it was just real straightforward. You know, we didn't do a, a whole lot of overdubbing of guitars. Um, you know, uh, rhythms anyways were pretty much a single track and, mm-hmm. and uh, we kept it really just pretty straightforward and simple, you know, just getting the songs down. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what one of the songs we, we took a break to go eat. Um, and Mike had said he wanted to stay behind and, write a song so we went and got something to eat all of us except for him we came back and uh, wanted god let me look up some tracks i'll i'll if so, you want to continue on i'll, I'll yeah, <laughs> so I'll there's a it up when I find it.
0: there's a song on the album that he wrote while you guys went and got food <laughs> yes
3: yeah while well, we went and ate a slice of pizza we came back and he had a song completely done and he taught it to yuri and tom real quick and you know an hour later it was done in, in the can. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of how that album went. Everything, yeah. it had to, you know, we, we yeah. didn't really have a choice. I mean, it, we, with the amount of time we had, it just had to bust it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did you, um, so then you, how? what was the uh, amount of time between that and on the cover sessions then?
3: Mm, that's a good question.
1: And was that something that they, had wanted to do um, a covers record, and and you got bracket b- bought brought back in for it, or
3: I think I went back up there and did that on their on our own. Okay. I think in between that, oh, God, man, I'm so bad with well, the I'm timeline looking,
0: of this. It what I'm seeing is that on the cover. Did was, I do
3: ninety pound wisp before that?
0: So on the cover says it was recorded May June of ninety five. And teenage politics was April of ninety five. Right. So wow, so
3: it was pretty close
0: back to back almost. So Bob, I don't blame you because this <laughs> you, looking at what your your musical credits, you did an unbelievable amount amount of work between ninety five and ninety six. you yeah. you packed in. F- just for for 96 alone there were from what I counted 19 records that you worked on that came out in 96 wow. alone so right that's that is a I mean did you sleep did you like <laughs> well, I got a divorce <laughs> oh Jesus wow well. <laughs> What a year! <laughs> That's a m- memorable time. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, I, like I said, I mean it's all a blur, man. I I, I uh, just went and went and went. Um, I mean, with all that tooth and nail stuff, I mean the closest I came to having a nervous breakdown was during um, Helpless Monks Friends Two, hmm. um, which was all done at my studio and. I had a band show up and I was just spent and I told them I couldn't record and I just fell asleep on the studio couch for like a day. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just kind of how it was. And I, I don't know. That's just kind of how I've always treated everything. It was just go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't really think too much, you know, put too much thought into it. I just do it. <laughs>
1: sure. Um, if you wouldn't mind answering a question that you may not know the answer to, we were very curious about why a Cootie song ended up on the on-the-cover record. Um, do you remember that, was, that at all?
3: It, vaguely, yeah. I mean, it was another cover tune.
1: So they were just like, we're going to, they hadn't we're yet recorded cover their record, but, um, right. okay.
3: but yeah, they they wanted to do a cooties tune. Got it. <laughs>
0: So, also, yeah. um, the first on the cover record mm-hmm. is, um, I think, only eight songs. Right. Yep. And yeah, it was
3: uh, an EP. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, however, I mean, for the CD, there were eight songs, but then there were five additional songs that ended up on the on the cover vinyl and then subsequently ended up on Let It Happen. Why did those five songs, if you know, why did they end up on the vinyl release and not on the CD release?
3: Mm, you know, I, I wouldn't have the answer to that. No. Um I, I, I know we just always recorded extra songs. Okay. I, that was just sort of a thing that... Uh, um, we did i mean we did it with teenage politics and and we did it with that as well um so i don't know i mean that was set like an office decision between okay. mxpx and tooth and nail that i wasn't privy to <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: sure. with with that in mind um how much did brandon evil play in the process of the albums you were on was he kind of active was he in touch with you was he coming to the studio was he giving you notes
3: uh no i never really gave notes um but yeah he would stop by not uh i mean he wasn't ever like real intrusive he would just stop by and see how things were going and we really kind of had a lot of freedom to just do what we did you know Mm -hmm. um there wasn't a lot of pressure other than uh Life in general, I remember he picked me up from the airport and we got lunch before he's all you really gotta come through on this one this this is an important one uh and I didn't so, <laughs> so is, thus that, is that was redone <laughs> is that is that part of
0: the the infamous scrapped life in general yeah, record it just
3: wasn't up to snuff and, and I mean, I think I've mentioned it in other other interviews, but that was really like the time, like I just wasn't, my head wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. My, I, I got a divorce shortly after that. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just things weren't good at home, and and to be honest with you, I, I just don't know. uh I mean, I, I think it was probably for the better they, they were ready to move on and do bigger and better things. I mean, they were obviously from. I mean, from the first time I worked with them, I was just like, man, these guys are good. You know. Um, yeah it was pretty obvious they were, they had the talent to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm still, I mean, I don't do much studio work anymore, but I've always just been a very raw, uh, I, I care more about emotion than perfection. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still kind of hold to that. I don't like many new records because I just, I can't stand the digital age of music. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just where I'm at, and I think uh, the mass majority would disagree with me, and that's why I don't produce many records <laughs> well so.
0: here's here's the thing, Bob. Um, we are with you because <laughs> you know i as as I mentioned in my message to you, <laughs> we have sort of, you know, tongue in cheek referred to ourselves as moonheads, you know so. <laughs> yeah you know, we I mean uh, like that sort of early 90s punk sound that is captured on teenage politics and uh, 90 pound wuss and yes a lot of one of my
3: favorites you know it's
0: yeah. it's so it's urgent and it's mm-hmm. immediate and it it sounds it sounds... Like a band playing in a room, not a band right. constructed behind the boards. You yes, know? and Which,
1: uh, some later records may sound more like that. Yes,
0: <laughs> some later MXPX records that we discuss in previous pod episodes, we you can tell you can tell when people um, start getting involved and start, yeah, and and start making decisions about. The creative direction of a sound and and you know some people listen to teenage politics and they'll hear a an underproduced record a maybe not as glossy of a record but and this is something that we've alluded to a lot on this on this podcast but teenage politics is my favorite mxpx record (laughs) Yeah. wow man me too that's, that's really cool hands down <laughs> it it is so emotionally tied to my youth and discovering punk music and you you can't i you can't extract you can't pull apart the importance of of That record and, like, my coming of age. it's (laughs) awesome, man. It's such a big record for me, for both of us. That that,
3: that means a lot to hear that. It really does. Yeah. Uh, 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 And and really, it's an honor that I was a part of something like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that people would get that sort of thing out of something I was involved with just is amazing to me. Dude, it's, (laughs) yeah, like, growing up and, like,
0: you know, I was when i got this record i was maybe
1: grew we both 13 i think we
0: we're both yeah. 13 14 something like that and you know and then looking and seeing you know bob moon and being like who's this who's this guy you know <laughs> so this is kind of a a surreal experience for us <laughs> um sort of coming face to face with somebody who had a hand in and shaping The sort because MXPX was one of the the, my very first, my first like my entrance into punk music. Mm -hmm. And this is something else. Um, you, you, I may have, um, another song that you worked with them on. Um, the first MXPX song I think I ever heard was also a song that you produced, and that was. On the Petra Never Say Dinosaur cover record that they did, where they they covered "I Can Be Friends with You" by Petra. Yeah, I
3: f- think we did that during Teenage Politics. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. That would make sense.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I it might have been during on the cover, but I, I think, I think it was Teenage Politics.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just getting back to kind of what we were saying before, like, I think that scene and that time where you were working on not just teenage politics, but so many records from that period that were so influential, I think now we can look back and see what a special scene that was and time that was. Yeah, and I don't for know that, sure. I think we took it for granted a little bit now. Um, right. But I don't know if you feel similarly looking back at just, I mean, that whole world of kind of the alternative music Christian scene kind of doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. So, well, I I mean the whole
3: music scene in general is just so kind of weird these days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, those were just golden times. man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, for sure. It's, I, I look back, I look back on that era with kind of mixed emotions. Um, feeling this sort of sentimental uh, connection to being a kid going into a Christian bookstore and picking up a comp, um, whether it was the, I'm your biggest fan compilation or songs from the penalty box or any of these like tooth and nail or solid state um, comps and the sort of, like, or or getting something at a show or having a friend be like, did you, have you heard this? And the sort of the organic nature that you discovered music.
2: Right. And,
0: and it seems like music now feels more uh, disposable. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not, like, I still have, like, these... CDs that I purchased when I was a kid and I still rock those CDs all the time mm-hmm. and and it's not like a song of the summer you know this is like and then it's like on to the next disposable single from whoever you know it's right you, there's no effort to discover new artists anymore Mm-mm. and I don't know if that if that sounds sort of elitist or you know douchey but it's sort of
3: i don't think it does at all i mean it's just a sign of the times i mean it's it's crazy that you can just go on spotify and literally hear one of millions and millions of songs everything's just at your fingertips it kind of ruins ruins the discovery of things even if you get stoked on something that's new it's just different now it is you know it's hard to listen to and i try and do it from time to time where I force myself to just listen to an album. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, yeah. get back to listening beginning to end to yeah. an album. And mm-hmm. It's just so hard because everything's just so instant and playlists. And mm-hmm. um,
0: I wanted to bring up um, a couple things that you may or may not have any knowledge of. One of which is sort of the infamous nature of the first Let It Happen. And if you know, kind of, cause that was an album that compilation that was released after MXPX had left Tooth and Nail and they were going on to a and for slowly going the way of the Buffalo. And there was sort of some ten- tension between Tooth and Nail and the band about releasing those songs and maybe the ownership over those songs. Right. Um, do you, do you know much about that, that situation?
3: Not really. No. Um, I mean, after, after life in general, um, I only, I only did a few more things, I think for tooth and nail. I kind of, You know, I had gone, went through my divorce, and I just kind of fell off the earth, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I think I did a few more uh, Joy Electric things, and Mm
1: -hmm.
3: that was kind of it. I kind of lost touch with everybody. So yeah, I I was aware it came out, but I didn't know. I didn't even know there was tension. Hmm. I I was I, just kind of out of the loop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you?
0: so you had worked with both Ronnie and Jason Martin of mm-hmm. joy electric and Starfly 59 respectively. Um, so did you met Jason first? I'm assuming,
3: um,
0: or did you meet them both know. at the same time since they were around the corner from you?
3: Yeah, I don't know that I know the order. Um, I think I met him. I don't really know exactly how I met him, uh, and what the order was. I think I met him through uh, church. Hmm.
0: You guys went to the same church?
3: Yeah, yeah. We we um, went to the same church of you know Greg Laurie Harvest was uh, where we were. So I, they both kind of happened at the same time. I just started working with both of them. You know the the uh, with Ronnie it was Rainbow Rider before Joy Electric. And then uh, um, with Jason, it was Starflyer Two Thousand, just the original demos that you know most of what became the Silver album. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: did um, so? Did Drum Machine Joy end up on on the cover because of your um, connection to Ronnie, or was that a, a song that? the band independently decided we like this joy electric song let's throw it on the record i think
3: they were they were joy electric fans okay i, I don't think i had any influence on that um yeah they they just dug that song
1: <laughs> that's cool that's a great and song I, you
3: know I, they were friends with you know through the label with with ronnie and um think didn't uh, joy electric do an mxpx song at some
0: point. Did they? I wanna hear it. Yeah, I wanna I was a huge, huge Joy Electric fan. Um, so I was stoked on that song.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun times working with Ronnie. We we had a uh, a fun relationship working in the studio. It would just always be the two of us.
1: Yeah, right. That's
3: cool.
0: Um do, Yeah. Do you still are you in touch with with either of them these days or since you worked on a majority of the discography of Starflyer, do you, do you guys know,
3: you know, um, no, uh, Ron, Ron's living where back in Ohio, I think. So I, I,
0: he pastors a church somewhere, right?
3: Yeah. I, I think it might be in Ohio and I kind of, you know, just follow him on Facebook and then, Jason, it's been years since I've seen Jason. Um, I think the last two or three times I've ran into him was at a, uh, a Wahoo's Fish Tacos <laughs> place. Nice. Just nice. randomly seeing him there, and you know, we say hi, and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, right. really, the only one that I keep in touch with uh, from Tooth and Nail or uh, on a regular basis is uh, Big Rob, Rob Walker. Okay. Um, we we both work for the same company now, so I, oh, cool. I see him, talk to him almost daily. <laughs> oh
1: wow! Yeah, um, the internet tells me that Joy Electric covered. I'm okay. You're okay. By the way, uh, the MXP go. So yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned. Yeah, I think I sorry.
3: those were done mutually, like uh, uh, you know, like you cover my song, I'll cover your song type okay, of thing. Cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. we were talking about how influential those Joy Electric records were. Like he was pretty ahead of his time with what he was doing with keys and synths and stuff.
3: Yeah. He uh he's amazing. He had a and I'm sure he still does. I I he had a old uh little sequencer that he used and I tried to get him to use a computer and he just had his method down. Uh-huh that he was so comfortable with and could work so quickly with He's amazing, he's an amazing talent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really hard to classify the the music, especially in the early nineties. It just didn't sound like anything else that, I mean, you might, you might be able to try and compare it to, you know, Depeche mode or some other sort of, but like it's, it just, it's, it's so much the word I use to describe him and the music is just dreamy, just kind of a dreamy kind of style of songwriting and lyrics and imagery. Um, but yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His lyrics were just like, yeah, just total fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's amazing. Rainbow I, cars. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Just the way he kinda like, you know hanging out with them and we were into motocross and supercross and all That's that cool. stuff and and then for him to do all it's like where do you get this yeah, stuff right <laughs> <laughs> you would never know it just meeting him on the street that right. he's the joy electric guy yeah. right
0: <laughs> except for the giant sideburns and sweet chops <laughs> sweet <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> right um, you mentioned, uh, like your company today. I mean, is there, is there stuff you're working on today related to music still, or are you working in a different direction these days or anything you want to
3: plug? Yeah, anything no, like I, that? I've been, uh, I, I work for a, uh, a commercial electrical contractor. I'm an estimator now. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> so I'm kind of totally out of the business for the most part, other than I do, um, sound pretty much every Saturday at a, uh, at a local club okay um so that's sort of i started doing live sound uh the late 90s okay (laughs) and kind of i i I never thought i would do live sound i was always a studio guy Mm -hmm. and uh from the very first time i did live sound um i was totally hooked and i love doing live sound i i dread stepping into a studio these days (laughs) really Yeah. yeah and actually um so Moonsong shut down in uh two thousand and one from there i was the uh went directly to uh, the fender Museum, hmm. which is no longer there but uh, I, I was the chief audio engineer there cool and ran that studio for two years um, and we did some live concerts and then I left there when they decided to kill the live series because I was just so burnt out on the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I actually think it was two, two or three solid years that I wouldn't step foot in the studio. Hmm. It, it literally like I had a, uh, like a physical reaction to it. Like hmm. just the thought of going to the studio, I would physically start to feel sick. Like hmm. I, I just, I, I needed to separate. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, Totally. Um, that makes sense.
3: Yeah. So, and the, uh, um, my boss who i he hates it when i call him my boss but <laughs> the the guy who's like one of my best friends who owns the company i work for uh-huh. sure. <laughs> he's a musician as well and uh he he was trying to drag me in the studio for those years that i didn't want to go in the studio mm-hmm. um and so i've done some stuff with him and in, in his home studio but uh i i i, I still just don't enjoy it oh. I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so now my daughter's taking over. If I'm going to plug anyone, it would be my daughter. She, yeah. Uh,
0: Charlie, right?
3: Yeah, Charlie. She just graduated from MI, and she's in that studio now you know, hmm. doing some records and doing live sound. and Cool. Uh, total trip, man. She, uh, she's got an amazing voice. She's a great songwriter, and uh, she was doing that, and then she called me and told me she was going to go to mi i'm like oh you know what are you going to do are you going to play you know do the guitar program or are you going to do voice or she's all no i'm going to do engineering i'm like what the heck i just can't have all these years of you growing up in the studio and me trying to show you stuff and uh-huh. and she wanted nothing to do with it um now she, she had to find totally her own way yeah, and it's totally awesome, man. I I love to see her uh I actually she shadowed me a couple nights at uh Romano's where I do sound and uh she's now doing some nights there. Uh so it it's been just a total blast being able to work with her and, and see her kinda doing what I've done all my life. <laughs> I think that's that's super that's super rad. Gotta it's gotta make you feel proud. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool.
0: <laughs> and I um I noticed that you helped produce or engineer her first album. Yeah. When Zombies
3: Attack. Which was her high school album. <laughs> okay.
0: Got it. So here's the thing. John and I have shared plenty <laughs> of our own high school yeah. music. It uh, uh
1: it did not sound as good as <laughs>
0: MXPX or Charlie probably. No, no, it it is it does not. It would not get the Bob Moon stamp of approval.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. Wait until you hear uh, some of this uh, William Vessel stuff that might creep out at some point. All right. All right. Yeah, uh,
0: That's like it.
2: pretty bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So, I have uh, a question about Steve Kravak. So mm-hmm. he's a dude who, you know, there was a little bit of a conversation on. Instagram that you, you, you jumped in on.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy that you, you know, defended your, your honor there. Um,
1: I
3: wasn't defending my honor. I honestly was saying they're better than,
0: yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I well, really
3: was. And it's not, uh, not that, um, I guess I am kind of self deprecating, but, <laughs> but they are a whole nother level. I mean, they do something that I would never do. Sure. Uh, they just have a whole nother level of commercial type of thing that I'm just not into Check. and yeah yeah so they um, are, they 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 are better than me they're well, seasoned professionals you know, Kravak <laughs> Kravac
0: is is amazing at what he does um but mm-hmm. but and you and you too have um worked with a number of the same bands obviously MXPX uh the supertones 90 pound was And you have both worked, you were both credited on Let It Happen, but did you, either of you ever work together professionally? Did you cross paths at all, or just just sort of like ships in the
3: night? Total ships in the night. I don't think I've ever met him. I Hmm. might have said hi to him once, maybe. Sure. I don't even think I've done that, though. I think I've recently just saw a picture of him. I never even knew what he looked like. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, Same here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, I don't think we've actually ever met um. wow so uh, you know it's funny I, I always pictured him totally different and that's what a lot of people said about me hmm. back in the day I sure. think I, now I look a little bit more of what people thought I looked like <laughs> back then uh-huh. <laughs> I was always this little scrawny little uh-huh. long hair guy and everyone thought I was a big portly guy with a big beard
2: uh-huh.
3: <laughs> and I actually do that every 10 years now <laughs> I grow my beard I uh, nice uh, I'm 47 now, so when I'm 50, I will uh, not cut my hair or shave for a year. Perfect, and nice. I, I did that on my uh, for my 30th year and my 40th year. So. <laughs> nice. So sort of my 10 year tradition. <laughs> <I like> <laughs> it. <laughs> Love it. Love <laughs> it. Um, yeah.
1: We were talking a little bit about like you know you're kind of the digital music world today doesn't resonate with you as much. What? What new artists or records are you know are you into these days? Anything that you are excited about? Um, boy,
3: that's um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, okay. but right even now. their their newer recordings, I'm not so into. They just seem to be getting more and more plastic. Yeah. Um, which bums me out. I still think they're you know amazing musicians and songwriters um i've seen him live a few times and yeah dave Grohl's a legend yeah yeah he's just such a yeah yeah he's one of my heroes for sure um other than that i'm into a lot of stuff that my daughter turns me on to charlie she works at a uh record store down in um long beach Hmm. and uh uh she's turning me on uh all kinds of cool stuff you know like uh saint vincent Oh, i'm into yeah. a lot of female artists mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, like nico case i yeah, sure, huge yeah. fan of nico case sure. uh um and then like new rock stuff there's not a whole lot that uh yeah that moves me like back in the day i was into like the early clutch mm-hmm. um but i'm not so much into the newer clutch stuff mm-hmm. I, I um i don't know i, I yeah, I, I, I listen to talk radio a lot. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think I'm with you. I think we're with you, maybe collectively that like, uh, I don't know, r- rock. I mean, you could talk broadly about music that rock is just kind of not where it was, you know, ten, twenty years ago or whatever. But like, if I'm looking to new music, I actually don't get that much from that. <laughs> world very often lately anymore but yeah that's
3: sad yeah Yeah. it's really sad
0: yeah (laughs) there's i mean there are all kinds of genres of music that people are kind of looking for that next savior of that genre and i don't know i feel i feel like there are that rock music has had only has not really had that a big resurgence, Mm -hmm. you know, we struggled through the early two thousands of just abysmal, you know, mall radio rock. That was just, just garbage. Right. Uh, There, there are a handful of artists that I feel like are trying something. That are actually trying something new and trying to go in a little bit of a like, you're, you're seeing more of like the rock duo, um, like bands like the Japan droids, which are just like guitar and drums and, Mm -hmm. and the, um, Royal blood out of the UK, which is just bass and drums. And that's, that's kind of a, a different kind of, of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, but, um, as far as as far as um punk goes i mean i feel like p- pop punk is is really on a, at a on an upswing i think a lot of people are getting back into i don't know if it's just because of people our age me and you know john sure. being being in our mid-30s kind of feeling that nostalgia for mm-hmm. what we we grew up on but
3: yeah for sure uh, um I, uh, where I do sound at, at the, the majority of the bands are tribute bands. <laughs> hmm. Oh, sure. <really? laughs> yeah. So I'm actually doing like, uh, Blink 180 True and, oh my gosh. And, right uh, on. Green Not Today and stuff like that. <laughs> like that. Um,
1: no MX, P, S or anything.
3: <laughs> not yet. I'm waiting for that one. Yeah. You
1: know,
0: it's got to, it, it'd have to be something like, you know, Magnified, <laughs> magnified, magnified rad or something, right, right. something
1: corny.
3: Magnified stripes or. Right.
1: <laughs> one day they'll some band will be playing punk rock show and uh, they won't even know about your your influence on.
3: It. Yeah, <laughs> right. Punk rock show. Yeah. So
0: I have um, a question that I'm asking on behalf of somebody else, and this might be one of those things that. You know, too far in the past, and and you might not remember the. So, the ninety pound was the first ninety pound was record. Mm-hmm. So on the opening track, perseverance, mm-hmm. there it opens with this story that the band is talking about, like yeah. they're in Shelton, and then somebody <laughs> gets out of his truck and says, "Beware," and and he was wondering, is this sort of like. Was this a candid moment? Was this sort of like a contrived, sort of like, let's just retell the story? Or. I think
3: it was sort of a combo of both. Okay. I don't. It, it was pretty spontaneous from what I remember. Okay. So great, man. That was another fun one. I think we did that record in two days. Wow. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah.
2: It sounds and great, it was
3: though. Done 100% live. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think. I'm still trying to remember the order, but we tracked, um, on the cover at where we did the whole teenage politics. I don't even remember the studio right now. Um, but was, then was it on the cover, we, a vast, yes. Um, we tracked on the cover at a vast, but then mixed it at, uh, um, I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank. That's so bad.
1: Seems like we should be able to find this for you, but I don't know. You should.
3: It's where I ended what? up doing Life in General, and and uh, I did the... Robert Lang? Robert Lang, yeah. I See, Bob was in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Lang. So, um, yeah, 90 Pound Wuss was done there, and then I also mixed uh, um, the Supertones record at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I actually, we tracked down in Southern California. I brought all the tape. Two inch tapes as carry on on my flight, (laughs) flight up, and then mix those uh records there. But yeah, that that was a spontaneous thing. And I I think we basically, if I remember right, the we tracked that record um in the order of the album. Like, oh wow, just yeah, like so. The first song that we recorded and so forth, uh, all the way through, Hmm. was yeah, I was thinking since.
0: Something Must Break is, you know, such a huge... That's the song that a lot of people think of when they think of 90-pound wuss, and it's song 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's a lot. Yeah.
0: it's yeah. But it's also par for the course for yeah, a lot yeah. of bands that we sure. were listening to back in the day. Yeah. You know, and that, so it's funny, like, you look at MXPX's discography... And, you know, they start out with, um, uh, with Poconaccio, which is like 20, 45 songs. <laughs> it's like 93 <laughs> songs. And then Teenage T-H Politics is 19 songs. And as it, they go along, you know, they just released their new album and it's 10 songs. Yeah. And it's, it is a, you know, it's, they, I think over the course of their career, they've um struggled with trying to find a way to keep keep it tight keep it mm-hmm. you know have, trying to pick those 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 top those top tracks versus just let's throw every single one of what we got <laughs> yeah, onto right? the record
3: yeah but well he i i mean when i did teenage politics mike had written like a ridiculous amount of songs like mm-hmm. like he was like somewhere like around 90 songs or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, man, he was just a songwriting machine.
0: Yeah. I don't get the impression (laughs) that that's changed at all.
1: No, not at all. All No, no. New record is 11 songs for what it's worth.
3: Oh, is it 11? (laughs) Uh, Wow. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I I
0: blew it. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't know. That's I, let's see. I think I might have.
1: You got one
0: more? I have I do have one more this is also a callback to something we were talking about earlier but I just wanted <laughs> to um um just get some clarification on on the issue of life in general so you had said that you had did, done, you did the those um the that first sort of tracking and recording of life in general that were those versions of the songs were those what ended up on let it happen? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yes. So the songs that were originally going to be the album were the, the quote demos that were on. Yes. Okay. Got it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like the uh, critter version of do your mm-hmm. feet hurt? Like we attract that and, and Brandon had send that back to Chicago, over wherever it was, for Critter to mix it while we were still working on life in general. And that's like right. Jeff Newell.
0: Am I? Am I getting? I that? guess.
3: <laughs> All I know of him is Critter. Critter. I have no idea.
0: I never who knew what
1: Critter meant.
3: Or...
0: So. Yeah, it's I, a dude. I, I had to look it up because I was yeah. like, I never understood what Critter was. But then I found out that it's a, a nickname for this guy named Jeff so <laughs> right on right on way to go
3: yeah I, I mean i think we had that mixed back before we were even done with life in general so like okay.
0: yeah cool well bob thank you yeah, thank you can. so much for giving us all this time yeah anytime man we really it's appreciate my pleasure. it um <laughs> so um Is there anything else you want to plug other than is? Is Charlie working on anything right now?
3: Um, she's yeah, she's working on uh, what's the name of uh, Chris's band that she's mixing? Dogs. No, 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 no. This is other band. Oh man. She's Uh, she's uh, she's
0: engineering some people too, other than her. Yeah. Yeah.
3: She's. uh, You know, she's just kind of getting her toes wet right now but she's doing some cool things you know those little indie projects that uh, you know hopefully will will turn into something i don't know um but yeah she's uh doing studio work doing live sound uh um mi i can't say enough about mi and and Mm. what they do she got involved with uh soundgirls.org okay which is uh um the monitor engineer for pearl jam uh wow What's her name? Uh, Carrie, Carrie Kays or mm-hmm. Carrie keys. I can't remember, but she's been a uh, Pearl Jam's monitor engineer for 20 plus years. Wow. And her and, and another lady, uh, I think works for rat sound, uh, okay. started the sound org. And one of her first gigs right out of school was uh, to go out to rat sound and, and set up Pearl jams monitor world. They wow. spent two weeks doing that. Um, and it, it was pretty cool to see her have that experience. Yeah. Talk about a, an amazing setup! They have twenty six mixes on stage. <laughs> wow!
1: It's kind of like cage politics.
3: <laughs> yeah, plus <laughs> plus in ears. Wow. wow! So twenty twenty six monitor mixes, and then all uh, every band member has stereo in ears as well. Oh my god! Wow. That's yeah, it's amazing. That's but uh, yeah, that's uh, a, a more i i, I kind of consider myself retired <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. and i just do sound for fun sure. i, I yeah. still love no doing my gigs yeah it, it's and like i said it's a lot of tribute bands it's, you know like uh led zeppelin queen uh we have a lot of regular bands come through and and it's just fun to listen to that old music and uh i mean a lot of these guys are really good and it's just just fun for me you know
1: it, yeah for sure yeah. Well, folks should uh, go to charliemoonmusic.bandcamp. to listen to that. Uh, and when Andrew cool. and I form our band and fly out your way, you can uh, do our sound live., um, yep.
3: awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we have between us, I mean, I mean, we joke about John's high school band getting back together. Because gonna happen. they were they were they were pretty legit.
1: When ninety pound <laughs> wuss reunites, we will reunite our yeah. band. Yes. And, uh, you can, yes, you can. We'll right. get that up for us. We'll
0: get MXPX, ninety pound wuss, and then Tiger Jack. Wow, you're, you're uh, in there yeah. too. <laughs> and, I'm, and yeah, I'll I'll introduce everybody. <laughs> Bob, thank there you there so you much, Bob, man, we really for all your it was time. it was an honor to uh, speak with you. We really appreciate uh, you making the time and for. Um, continuing to, you know, be a part of our, our music story. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right on, man. Well, all uh, right. my pleasure. I, I, uh, uh, really enjoyed it.
0: Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Take care. All right. We'll all see, right, you ya. see you later.
3: All
1: right.
0: Bye. Well, we want to thank Bob Moon for, um, giving us all the time to chat. We yes. really appreciate it. Um,
1: thank you for bearing with our many. <laughs> specific questions about 25 years ago
0: yeah also yeah also um we had some audio issues before we started recording and we uh he hung with us to try and figure figure that out which was super nice so bob super great dude thank you thank you for giving us the time yeah um so check us out hit us up on itunes like, review, five stars. Be I don't awesome. think you can like it. I think we covered this. You know, you know what, John? I don't need your shit Sorry. right now. Um, you know, subscribe. Subscribe. Rate and review. Rate and review. Yeah. What's what's Sorry. the difference between rate and review? I don't know.
1: I mean, I guess if you like, well, no, you. If you rate, oh, you now the, who's <laughs>
0: now who's saying like it?
1: If you do the, if you do the rating, that's the stars. The review is the like. If ever there was a pod to be engaged to <laughs> per Nick Pope. Yes, exactly. Um, also other places yeah. such as?
0: Such as? Apple Podcasts. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. You can hit us up on YouTube. Google Play. Google. You um, can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at MagnifiedPod or you can send us an email, magnifiedpod at gmail.com, and threaten us with lawsuits. <laughs> you know, and... you can do that too. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 872 7624 8727 Magpod. 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 Boom.
1: Doo doo. <laughs> well, I believe on our next episode, we'll cover the Renaissance CP. Yeah. Yes. We'll see we if will. I'm not a liar this time. <laughs> And uh, then it'll be about time for a podcast at our house, and it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you?
2: Punk's not dead. Punk's not dead. <laughs> <laughs>